life support is nominal. The oxygen danger indicator level is yellow. Please remember that this is a non-smoking pirate ship. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome to GameIndustry.com's The Gin Lounge. I'm John Breeden, your Chief Lounge Lizard, and your host for this episode of the show. Today, we're going to be talking about green, and not just gin green, but money. Specifically, the economy. Because it's always about the economy, stupid. Why is it when people say it's about the economy, they always follow it up with the word stupid? I don't know. Two people that aren't stupid and know all about the economy here at Gin are Nate Woolley, uh, who basically, he, he's our publisher, but we like to call him our head economist. Uh, Nate, thank you for coming to the right. lounge today. Ding, ding, baby. <laughs> and, of course, we also have uh, Marie, Marie Flanagan, who um, does all of our um, advertising programs and knows all about the market. Marie, thank you for coming today. Happy to be here. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So now this is the fourth uh, lounge that we have done specifically on the economy, uh, which has been a, you know, as you guys might expect, it's been a pretty hot topic over the past uh, couple years. Well, sure, um, because we've all been and, poor and life sucks. Yeah, yeah, pre- pretty much. I mean, the game industry, it was interesting when the, when the, I was, I was going back and listening to some of the old shows, and when, when the economy initially crashed, uh, and we did the economy show, and, and we were looking at the game industry, and the game industry numbers, they held firm. I think it took a while for people to realize that, like, you know, I have to stop buying so many games and stuff. So, so we were a little bit insulated, and there were some lesser economists, Nate, not you, but there were some lesser people from other publications who were saying the game industry is recession proof, and we're never going to feel yeah, the, the pinch. Yeah, the word for that is and, bullshit. And then, well, except for there is there is a certain reality that entertainment during bad times does better than the economy overall. Um, so while gaming may not be recession proof, um, you know people have a tendency to spend when they're depressed. They spend money on things like entertainment and alcohol. Uh, yeah. So uh, while they, I certainly wouldn't say that the game industry is recession proof. It is true that that people will do things to keep themselves distracted from, you know, an otherwise bad time. Well, as long as as long as they have yeah. money, and this was not what you'd call your typical uh, economic downturn. No, this was bad. Yeah, and it, when it lasts for a long time, I mean, yes, I think I think you're absolutely correct, Marie, and I think that that's why. Initially, we were like recession. What recession? You know, because I mean, the the stock market was doing well. All the publicly traded companies that Nate that you do every week were still in the green. We were we were doing well. We had uh, we had the holiday season, that first holiday season, which was 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 fantastic. Everybody was doing well. I think what happened was over time, you know, it's like you know. Games are fun, and, and people were trying to spend money on them. But after a while, you got to say, hmm, is it more important that I eat today or that I get the latest Call of it's, Duty game? It's a slow <laughs> squeeze that happens over time. Exactly. <laughs> so uh, so now, being on what apparently looks like the tail end of this thing, uh, n- now – now maybe um, thing, things will, will get better, but I want to talk about that. So what I was saying was, so the last three shows we did on the economy, you know, they were kind of gloom and doom a little bit. They were either cautionary or things are things are bad. But uh, uh, talking with Nate a little bit, who who you know lives and breathes this stuff uh, before before the show, Nate, you're you're saying that it looks like it looks like things are turning around. This might actually be a, a sort of happy show, conservatively happy. Is that is that well, what it possibly is? so? At least cautiously optimistic. 
John and I, we're, we're doing this on, uh, was it Friday the 5th of October? I don't know when it's going to mm-hmm. run sometime in the next couple of weeks, I figure. But, uh, I mean, we just, we, d- John and I discussed this yesterday going into this because here's our dirty little secret. We talk about what we're going to talk about before we talk about it. <laughs> sometimes yeah, to our yeah, detriment. Sometimes we get to the show and we're like, we, man, the, the pre, the pre-talk was so yeah, much more lively. The, uh, <laughs> the economic numbers, I mean, the, the economists I talked to, I just did a conference call with, uh, one of the senior economists over at JP Morgan Chase, um, showed very good numbers in the long term. You know, a, a good, a reasonable 2013 and a very robust 2014 and that's good news i mean there's there's going to be problems for a while you don't effectively collapse your banking sector without having some ups and downs over the years and frankly a part of me thinks jesus i would have let some of these guys go but uh that's not that's not my role but with today's numbers that came out this morning unemployment below eight percent for the first time in what four years three years something like that Consumer confidence is up nine points in a month from 61 to 70 between August and September. People are beginning to feel some joy in their lives again, that maybe they don't have to be completely panicked every second of the day, and they don't have to keep, you know, rolling quarters every time, and do they need, you know, can they can they get the good macaroni and cheese or is it the craft stuff? We're, act- we're actually seeing some <laughs> growth, and when you see growth, and employment, the market opens up for luxuries again, and I hate to say it, but paying sixty bucks for a console game is a luxury. No, absolutely. And I, th- I thought the Kraft macaroni and cheese was the good stuff. I don't know. <laughs> maybe yeah, I'm not a cons- hating on maybe Kraft macaroni a- and cheese here. I don't. I don't. I, I don't know. I wasn't eating on it. I'm just saying we don't pay John enough to buy anything more. <laughs> right, right. I, I, I see. I, I do generally buy the generic macaroni and cheese. So I, I look longingly at the shelf at Kraft macaroni and cheese. <laughs> oh, one day, dollar forty nine box, you will be mine. Have that DC area mortgage payment, buddy. <laughs> yeah, but for, but for now, the fifty cent box will have to do. Um, but uh, talk about unemployment. Unemployment's like sort of like one of the economic indicators that has been so important in this uh, presidential election. But um, 7.8% is, you know, getting better. Um, but the thing is, we don't have to get to zero because, like, isn't full employment like around like 6%? Give or take eight? generally. I mean, you'll hear different numbers from different economists. Mm-hmm. But generally, if you get to 6%, you'll see an economy that is generally functioning as it should. You can you get, get below to over percent. You start getting a labor crisis. Yeah, you start getting a pinch, and that's you know. Well, I mean, when it, what was it in D.C. when John and I met in the late '90s, mid '90s in D.C. It was like during 4%. the dot com run up. Yeah, three percent, something ridiculous like that. It was terrible. We're, we're driving around, driving around the Beltway, throwing our resumes out the window, and waiting for the phone calls. You know, we were we were all in technology, and we we're basically. Yanking people off the street, saying, "Know anything about servers?" No. Well, you're an administrator now. Get to work. <laughs> yeah, you did, you did get that, but I I will say it was nice that you you would you would pretty much get like three job offers a week. Yeah, but it, but the problem there is it leads to an inflationary spiral because everybody's salaries go up, so people can charge more, and you know the economy is not all about rah rah, let's go. It's about find the balance to growth without problems. And if we can get the unemployment rate to 6% in the next couple of years, I think we'll all be pretty happy. 
and Electronic Arts will be going, oh, this is so much money. <laughs> well, they're probably saying that already, but. Although, I, well, and why the, oh, I'm sorry, Mary, but I just wanted to, wanted to follow up with Nate. And why the employment numbers are important is because uh, more people are employed. That means they can buy stuff. Uh, but, it, but it also, I mean, that, that sort of, is that, that's kind of like a heartbeat check on the overall economy, right? To a certain extent. It's a lagging indicator. It takes time for it to catch up, but, uh, mm-hmm. it, it certainly improves people. And just hearing that it's like that, it means people out there, whose confidence the economy hinges on, stop hearing about their neighbors who've lost their jobs and been out of work for nine months or whatever. And that's a good thing. I mean, I think it's a good thing when people have jobs. No, I, I agree. Marie, what were you going to well, say? I didn't as, mean to interrupt as important you. as jobs are, and, and obviously they're huge for a variety of reasons, um, I think for the game industry in particular, uh, consumer confidence is more important. And so that nine-point jump is really important. That represents a 15% leap in one month. Absolutely. And it's, that's huge because those are the people it's, it's when you have confidence as a consumer that you're willing to buy. And with the, uh, oh, so important Christmas season approaching rapidly. Um, a big uptick in consumer confidence is critical. It's critical for having, um, those massive sales around the holidays that really get, a lot of companies through the rest of the year. Um, and it also means that little companies that are struggling so hard now to be heard um, in the app store, um, on, you know, big multi-gaming sites, you know, little companies that are just trying to rise above the fray um, to get their name out there, th- that's when they have an opportunity because when people have confidence to spend money, they're willing to spend money they're willing to risk money on companies that they don't know. So, you know, it doesn't have to be just EA with all of their massive um, options. It can be these smaller companies where people are like, oh, well, I'm willing to spend this $3. $3 doesn't sound like a lot of, a lot of money. And, and to a certain extent in bad times, uh, those 99 cent games, $3 games, free to play to games, they actually hurt big companies like EA. But hmm. when, when consumer confidence goes up, everybody benefits. Not only the big companies like EA that have the the big massive sales coming out in uh, at Christmas time, but also the little companies where people are really watching their nickel and dimes, where they're really saying, you know, I can't just drop a buck here and a buck there because that stuff adds up. It's it's uh, what do they call it? It's your Starbucks factor, you know. <laughs> it, it's that five dollar latte, you know, every day that eats into your overall wealth. You know, it's it's people thinking like that, that yeah. when they have that confidence back, they're willing to start doing stuff like that again. And that and that leads to corporate confidence, which means suddenly, you know, a company might decide to roll out two games instead of one, and that's a bunch more employment. Yep. Um, absolutely. No, that that all makes sense. So that's what the uh, yeah. I've always I've always kind of wondered because I'm not really an economist type person. I've always wondered what that consumer confidence thing means. So that's your confidence. Um, that's your confidence that you can safely pay for something, mm-hmm. <laughs> and that and okay. that you don't need to sit cautiously on the sidelines not buying anything because right. you don't know what the mm-hmm. future brings. The consumer confidence goes right. up, and suddenly people are thinking, you know what, I'm going to have a job in a year. Right. I I will buy a new washing machine. Right. 
you know, or whatever. <laughs> okay, that makes sense. Okay, okay. So that's so that's good. Now, Nate, Nate, you were saying that the economist guy you were talking to was thinking that uh, 2013 was going to be pretty good, and then we might we might get back to normal around around 2014. Um, is is are they is there anything in the numbers that came out today that would would lead you to believe that that prediction well, was off? No, no. Actually, if if anything, today's numbers uh, make me believe that maybe it's a little more accelerated. Um, and it may be part of the, the buildup to the, the holiday season. And Marie, an interesting corollary to what you brought up there about the holidays, the, those games that are, that are out there for the holiday season have already been purchased by the companies. You get me? Oh, the, the retail yeah. stores and stuff. So if people are really hugely confident and are buying for Christmas, if the companies didn't order enough, you might see some scarcity come you know, mid-December. Well, that would be a new thing for us. We haven't seen that in a long time where it's like, you know, you run around, people trying to find the, the hottest yeah, game. Yeah. <laughs> well, except for that with downloads and everything as they are, True I'm not enough. sure that's as critical of an issue as it was, say, five years ago. Tell that to GameStop. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm not saying it's not an issue for everybody. but And, you know. and frankly, Walmart. And Walmart's been – people don't notice this, but Walmart's had its troubles this year. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, Best Buy has had an incredible amount of troubles this year. Well, you know, sorry, we're removing the middleman from the music, movie, and, uh, frankly, television show and software. Uh, True, and actually, that brings up a point that I wanted you guys well, to talk and about. Um, and, yeah, and books. <laughs> yeah, and books, true, true, all things we all things we cover. Well, I guess we don't cover movies too terribly much, but maybe maybe a little bit if they're only, based only on Only when you've do... comes out with another one. Yeah, well, we Plants do cover books. Zombies, we do have our... the game. Movie, yeah, <laughs> oh, movie. God. Yeah. <laughs> he, he could probably he could probably take that game and actually make it into uh, a bad movie pretty easily. The man's talented um, at it. He hasn't made money with a movie yet. <laughs> He's consistent. <laughs> um, but no, what I was going to say was about the do-it-yourself thing, is that one of the phenomenons that we've seen during this bad economy is the incredible rise in Kickstarter-type uh, type campaigns where people are like – where game companies – and this also goes to Nate's point about cutting out the middleman – is that what they can do is you know they set up this Kickstarter campaign, and not all of them have been successful, of course. But most of the ones that we hear about, you know, if, if they're sending out a press release, most of the time it's because they've been successful. Most of the time it's not like, hey, guess we, we – sent out a press release because we needed fifty thousand dollars and we only got six bucks <laughs> so we're sending out this press release to say how i would totally i would totally issue that press release sure why not but i mean people won't 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 give it to us but um but that's something that's kind of new i mean it, it was around before but during this recession it seems like even like big established companies have been have been doing doing that and i mean that's that's kind of one way to to cut out the middleman uh but marie i mean you you've seen you've seen this a lot we've even had uh companies take out ads for uh kickstarter campaigns and and i think that we've been able to help them a lot in some well, cases sure. right? and i think part of the issue with kickstarter is you know just like in the early days of the app store if you had a game going um everybody who went to the app store pretty much saw it um but now there's mm-hmm. like millions of apps and so it's harder to be heard above the fray. I think Kickstarter is also getting to be like that. You know, the first few uh, game groups that came into Kickstarter um, or established game groups that have large email lists 
um, they do very well for those projects. You know, if you've got something that people are interested in, they're willing to kick in a few bucks and you can crowdsource that. Um, but if you're a relatively small company or a new company and you're trying to do a Kickstarter project, now it's really hard to get heard above the fray. And that's, that's why we started doing the, the, um, the inexpensive banner ads for Kickstarter uh, groups because people have come to us and said, Hey, we've got part of our funding, but we just need to get more people aware of what we're doing. And, you know, some of these projects are super cool, but they're just being done by a very small group that doesn't have access to all the resources that some of the larger game companies do. So that's why we started the, the Kickstarter ads where, you know, we'll throw up your banner and, and show off your project. And for a very reasonable price, you get access to all our readers and listeners. And it's, it's pretty cool. And it's, it's been fairly popular. Yeah, I think weren't you saying that the the one company raised like an extra like nineteen thousand yeah. dollars or something yeah, like that? Yeah, it was. I mean, it's <laughs> it's not uh, it's not an insignificant amount of money for your tiny little uh, purchase price. So it's it's worked out well, and it's it's once again a, just a way to be heard above the fray. Yeah, I know when people when people go in, like the the app store analogy you made was really good. When people go into the app store, I mean, it used to be like, oh wow, a new app, and everyone was all excited and they check it out. And now it's like, you know, we get a press release about you know one of three zombie apps that released this week, and it's like there's you could very well put your app on the app store, and nobody even knows about it because you were one of like seven hundred that went up. Well, there. You, know, exactly. the re- you know, the real issue there is if you want some attention in the app store. You pay for it. If you sure. want to be one of those featured hmm. apps, you lay the money on the table. And that's well, just mm-hmm. a market that's becoming mature, if you know what I mean. Sure, but that featured app slot is expensive. Yeah, and so is. if you can if you can come at it from a from a less expensive angle, um, you know, obviously the smaller companies need to do that. Mm-hmm. No, and I'm, and I'm, that's I'm, why I'm we obvious. offer I mean we we've really been very supportive of small indie companies with teeny tiny budgets because I, I think as a as an organization, we want to see those companies grow. That's where some of the most innovative gaming is is happening. So that's why we've always been supportive of the of the indie company. Not that we're not completely happy to take big money from big companies, <laughs> but we True. do. We but we've they, always if, provided those those inexpensive advertising options for the smaller companies because if you have to have a way to be heard. Well, Nate, I think if you remember, uh, if you can remember back uh, 14 years ago when we started the company, that was one of our stated goals. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I remember that was we 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 had a um, we had a meeting with uh, then president of the uh, the um, well the ESA ITS now is what it's called, but then. yeah, exactly. And Doug Doug Douglas Lowenstein. Doug can you say his name? Just don't I, say it three times staring it, into a mirror. That's what I was going to say. You can't say it three times or he comes back. Um, but no, he was a nice enough guy. But his theory was that, that, you know, there was no way that we were going to succeed because the whole industry was, was going to a point where four companies were going to own everything. Yeah, so the, so his vision for the IDSA was we only represent like the top 13 companies and everybody else can go blow. Yeah, yeah, we're we're the 1%. <laughs> 1% and that, that but, worked for a um, time until all of a sudden Microsoft and Sony pulled out of E3. Because they were spending $10 million on their stupid castle booths, and they said, hey, we're not getting $10 million worth of pub out of this. Hell with it. 
True, true, but I think that it was a difference in the economy then. The economy then was booming, and and so like the job market, the big companies like EA was go, were going around. Oh, you've got a game? You you you've made a game? No, you you've got three people that think they can make a game. Okay, well here's a million dollars. You're now part of EA, and and they were buying. They did up it everything. to Origin. They did it to Maxis. Those weren't those weren't mm-hmm. bite sized players, you know. It, it was different. It was different then, and now these days, you know, now you've got almost the complete opposite. You've got a developer who's maybe already had a hit game. Like I saw this with like Hidden Path Entertainment. They came out. Defense Grid was one of the best um, tower defense sims uh, that I'd ever seen. Uh, came out, won some, won a game of the year award through Gin and everything. And they can't find a publisher for um, Defense but Grid the, too. The joy of it I is mean, you don't need it anymore. You see this in music no, heavily. Where major players, I mean, heck, uh, Nine Inch Nails and Radiohead didn't have a publisher for their last uh, LP. And Radiohead said, basically, you can download it, pay us what you think it's worth. Uh, Cowboy Hmm. Mouth just released their latest uh, CD, and it was $6 to download it from their website. $6. And they see all Hmm. six of that, as opposed to a buck per CD. The interesting thing to me, being sort of this passive observer on the sidelines, is that in the last you know decade or so, <laughs> I don't know if this is a good thing or not, but we we've, we've sort of experienced the extremes of both types of economy: the the roaring crazy economy, which which oddly enough has a couple negatives to it as well, and then the also um and also the you know the struggling flagging economy. So. Um, I don't know. I guess I guess it's kind of neat to experience both those extremes. Marie, do you feel fortunate to have lived in interesting times? Uh, I don't know that it's avoidable to live in interesting times, but um, I certainly uh, appreciate the foibles of the runaway economy over the foibles of the sad economy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of nice. I mean, not not to be an us versus them type of guy, but you know, from from the from a worker point of view, it's kind of nice to be in the in the the booming economy. Well, I suspect that the uh that that even though workers of course benefit more, I think from the the booming economy that companies don't mind so much the foibles of the roaring economy. Yeah, it's hard for them to find workers and yada yada, but uh, they've got some nice uh green bottom lines, you know, they're they're definitely in the black, so that kind of makes up for it, you know. Sure, absolutely. So it sounds like it kind of sounds like what both of you guys have said, uh, you and Nate, is the theme is that you know, we we have experienced both ends of it and it seems like things are getting better, so maybe we'll get into like the quote-unquote normal economy, I guess, pretty soon. So, I guess Marie, assuming that Nate's theory and the economist that he's talked to is correct and that, you know, 2013 is going to be a recovery year and then 2014 is going to be back to normal. Is that, is that what you expected? Is that, is that what you, you, you think is going to happen then? Or, or, or is, or is, you know, is, is that too rosy of an outlook? <laughs> I like to be rosy and yeah, I do. I feel like, um, barring incident. Yeah. That, that, that's the direction we're heading and, and I'm ready to be there. Okay. Well, good. Well, and Jin, and Jin's ready to be there. Absolutely. And and I just want to say, you know, thanks to thank thank you to you too, because you you've done a fantastic job um, helping these these uh, you know smaller mid sized companies uh, during this really really bad time. And and so I'm I'm sure they they appreciate it too. And and so you know you you've helped us you've helped us do what like uh, Nate and I 
Nate remembered we, we set out to do, and that's kind of what, what Jin is all about. The, the I in Jin stands for independent, and, uh, <laughs> that's what we are. <laughs> so, Marie, thank you so much for, uh, for joining me today here in the lounge. Yeah, I was glad to do it. And uh, I hope that uh, I hope that um, you'll you'll wait a little bit before asking for a raise once. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, ten minutes tops. Ten minutes. Okay. All right. I'll, I'll go ahead and put you in for it now. <laughs> Try not to lose that paperwork. Um, so if you'd like to uh, if you'd like to write us and let us know what your thoughts are on the economy, all you people out there in listener land, our email address is ginlounge at gameindustry.com. You can also find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash gameindustry. Uh, on Twitter, we are ginlounge. Uh, we're also on Google+, Plus, uh, which you can find us by searching for um, – Game Industry News. Uh, and I, th- I think, are, are we anywhere else, uh, We're on Pinterest as uh, Game Industry. Okay. I, I always forget. I always forget that one. So um, come get our recipe for uh, Game Industry Casserole. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not what's on our Pinterest. Okay, okay. <laughs> A lot of cool right, games, we'll... cool books, funny game stuff. All kinds of cool stuff is on our Pinterest boards. Oh, cool. All right. Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to check it out more and more then. So, uh, I know, I know we've been seeing some fantastic stuff on our Facebook page lately. So, uh, I'm sure, uh, a lot of, a lot of cool graphics and things make it over to Pinterest too. So, follow us everywhere and we will do our best to keep you guys fed, uh, with the good macaroni and cheese <laughs> right here directly at the Gin Lounge. All right. I will see you all next week. Uh, take care, everybody. And here's hoping that, uh, there's always gonna be a little bit of extra money in your pocket. Enough to afford the good craft stuff. <laughs> Apologies to craft for uh, for uh, what Nate said earlier. <laughs> Take care, everyone.